Happy anniversary, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is normally the podcast where we watch Muppet movies two minutes at a time and talk about them a lot, but this is a bonus episode, so we will be doing something a little bit different, which we will tell you about. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And uh, this week, we're very happy to have a return guest with us, one of our old Muppet nerd pals. Guest, please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Grant Harding. Welcome back to the show, Grant. Grant. Yeah, thank you. What was the the last thing you were on uh, to talk about? Uh, Last thing was uh, Rolf working at the kennel. Oh, that's a good scene. And this is a good special. Uh, This week we're watching the TV special, The Muppets, A Celebration of 30 Years. This originally aired on January 21st, 1986. And as you might guess from the title, it celebrates The Muppets' recent 30th anniversary. I guess, depending on how you look at it, their 30th anniversary was, I guess by most counts, it's 1955 when Sam and Friends premiered. On Washington DC TV. Yeah, I've, I've I've always wondered if the intention was for this to air in '85, and then January of '86 was just when it got scheduled by CBS. E- yeah, like, I don't know why they would have held it for a few weeks there, but well, although but for some reason they did. I, I mean, we'll, I, we'll get to this later, but Little Muppet Monsters is featured in this, and yeah. L- Little Muppet Monsters aired three episodes in September of '85, so. But yeah. by the time this aired, it had been off the air for four months. So I think yeah, I, I think it's very reasonable s- to assume that the special was shot before that show premiered. You know. Yes, probably. they thought it would air maybe a little earlier. Yeah, that's funny and strange. I believe it taped in November '85. Are you sure about that? Yes, I am sure. According to. Wait, Grant, did you just ride away on your motorcycle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You wanted excitement. <laughs> yes, according to Jim's Red Book, it uh, taped on September 17th, 1985 so, in Toronto. So, so that is between the first and second episodes of Little Muppet Monsters airing on television. Oh, wow. Because okay. those were the 14th was the premiere, and the 28th was the finale. Wow, so they had no reason to believe that when they taped it, that Little Muppet Monsters wouldn't still be on the air. Right, yeah, it was just... The, and, and also... Right, it they, just started. They, yeah, it was that new right. hotness. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. And also they probably knew that it that the special was not going to air before 1986 started. Right. So There we go. I'm glad we got that settled. I wonder I don't know if you want to do this later, but I wonder if we should explain what the heck Little Muppet Monsters is. Uh I think we can get into that later for sure, yeah, when we get to it. Um so actually I thought maybe the at the beginning here would be a good place to kind of ask though. Um which we did a little bit off mic, but we should do it in the episode. Uh, just like to, to get an idea of what's our history with this special. Um, I had a VHS tape of this that my parents taped off TV for me from the original airing when I was a kid, but they missed like the first 15 minutes of it or so. So I had never seen the whole thing until it aired on Nickelodeon in the 90s as part of their Muppet Matinee series. Right, and that's, that's when I saw it, was, was Muppet Matinee. And, and did you tape it from Nickelodeon? No, I did not. I, I, so we didn't get Nickelodeon until 1997. So, okay. so pre 97, my grandma, Helen got Nickelodeon 
And that was right. when we watched it. It was like if we were at my grandma, who only lived 15 minutes from us. So it's not like we were never over there. We were over there pretty often. But that's when I watched Nickelodeon. So it was some idle Saturday afternoon. And Muppet Matinee just happened to be on. And, you know, I'd seen Muppet Matinee before. But it was like, it was the Frog Prince or whatever. And, and all yeah. all good. I loved them all. But this one where it was like, what if history exists? What if, what if you can move <laughs> through time with the Muppets? And it was, it, it was incredible to me. Yeah, what a thing to just come upon. Yeah. To stumble on, yeah. yeah. How about you, Grant? When did you first see it? And, yeah. Uh, so I had it taped off TV. Um, I was talking to, to, I was texting with my mom trying to work, work out the timing because when it aired in 86, we didn't have a VCR yet. So it must have been a rebroadcast. Right. And of course, I was barely a year old uh, when it aired. So I was going, how did you guys know to, to tape this? <laughs> you know, you didn't know I was, I, I love the Muppets. But of course, my mother pointed out that they were longtime watchers of the Muppet show. Mm. And so they probably taped it for themselves to watch, which never occurred. Oh, to nice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. But I, I think I was certainly the reason it never got taped over. That makes yes, sense yes. Too, yeah. did, so, did you break the tab off the VHS tape? I Well, actually, I have an anecdote about that that I'll get to later on. Okay. So you, so Only like, 80s kids will get that reference. So you guys both saw this a bunch of times, though. Yes. Yes. Because I saw it that once on Nickelodeon, and then not again until, like, tape trading days, like in high school. Mm. You know? I, I probably, I probably yeah. got it from Phil Chapman on Muppet, on Muppet <laughs> Central. From Muppet Central, yeah. Yeah, when I, yeah, when I was in high school. Those were the days, tape trading. Yeah. That's, that's how we got our hands on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the special opens with the first of many clip montages. That's, that's pretty much what the majority of the, the special is, is these clip packages, um, which are then sort of interspersed with scenes of the Muppets in this uh, banquet hall celebrating their own anniversary. Um, so just watching these clip montages back in the day as a, a young kid, there were so many of these things that I had never seen what they were from. I'm sure that wasn't a grammatically correct sentence, but just like we didn't have access to, to most of the old stuff, like the variety show appearances or any of it really. Well, And I hadn't seen that many Muppet show episodes at the time. So everything just seemed like, wow, what is that? What is that? Right. I want to see that, whatever that's from. And this was this was my first exposure to a lot of stuff from the Muppet movies as well. Oh wow! Is that right? Okay. Yeah, like that that hey a movie montage was when I finally saw the Muppet movie years later. It was like that's the context for that. Yeah. Right. That, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I I definitely saw all three movies before I saw this, but I'd seen relatively little of the Muppet Show because I'd only seen it during that brief time that it was on Nickelodeon, which again I didn't oh, okay. get. You know. So this was like, and, and I, I probably, I was think, thinking while watching this, I probably assumed Ray Charles was a Muppet Show guest star, you know? You, you would, yes, yeah, based and, on what you see here, yeah. And, and Lily Tomlin, you know, like they're, yeah. they're, they're both presented like among clips from the Muppet Show. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so then uh, we, the logo, there's this, logo that sort of looks like a coin i guess or it's like an embossed seal um i can't actually tell who all the characters are there's definitely kermit fozzy ralph miss piggy gonzo ernie maybe gobo or possibly traveling matt in the back and then maybe just like some monsters or frackles possibly some of the little muppet monsters 
Who who are those other characters? Who the heck is that guy in the bottom right with the nose? That's one of the ones I couldn't tell. It's not Gonzo because Gonzo's elsewhere. Is it supposed to be um is it big big Z or big V like the monster from the variety show in- sketch that eats yeah. Kermit? Yeah, inchworm guy, I think that's him, yeah. Yeah, like that's his little nose sticking up. Yeah, and then and then Yorick is right by Rolf. Oh, Yorick is there, yes. Yeah, which is one of those things where this special, like, we, we can get into the Salmon Friends um, aspect of this later, I guess, but this special makes the Salmon Friends characters, and especially Yorick, seem like legends. Like, yeah. it, like yes. it feels like the Justice Society of America has come to Earth <laughs> One to team up with the Justice League. Right and, and right and the JSA in this instance is Sam and Yorick and Harry the hipster. Harry the hipster are there. You yes, know? yeah, it's and great. It, and it's just like what a thrill! It's like it's like wow, they're back. And of course, I didn't know who these characters were as a child, but it's yeah. still just like wow, they got Yorick for this. Like, <laughs> he came back. Yeah. I'm dying to read Craig Sheman's book. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. Uh, Craig Sheman, uh, previous podcast guest, um, writing an upcoming book about Sam and Friends, which has uh, an exhaustive history and uh, an episode guide. So, yes. Yeah. Lis- listening to him talk about it on your podcast, it was like, oh, shut up and take my money. Yeah, right. yes. Ag- it's, agreed. It's going to be it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, indispensable for the bookshelf of the Muppet uh, collector. So uh, it's the Muppets, a celebration of 30 years. Uh, the announcer tells us that all the Muppets have come here to this uh, ballroom and they're all gathered here at these tables. Uh, something He says something like they're all here except the ones who couldn't make it. And they're all in black tie. Yes, yeah. it's, it's very fancy. Yeah. Think of all the black ties the workshop had to make. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like how many giant monsters are there. Right. It, the, they, the banquet hall seems enormous. Like, yes, they could easily have done this on some on some small set. And it's like impossibly huge. Like, like you say, to make room for yeah. Sweetums and Timmy monsters. And all these big sweeping shots of this banquet right. hall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. a, it's yes. amazing. Sweetums yes. is there. Dog Lion is there. Barkley. You, like, you really realize how huge Barkley is, too, when you see some of these shots of him next to the little... Tiny anything Muppets and whatnots. Um, yeah. I actually yeah. tried to draw a, a, a diagram of, of all the tables and trying to figure out where everybody was. Now, you know, not everybody stayed put. Uh, right. They weren't worried about continuity and, you know, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's... So there's the head table. Right. Well, yeah, we can say... We can say they, they do seat uh, sort of similar character groups together. So at the head table, we've got Bert, Ernie, Rolf, Piggy, Kermit, Fozzie, Gonzo, Robin, Scooter, and Oscar. Right. The orchestra, interestingly enough, is a combination of the Electric Mayhem and Nicky Napoleon and his Emperor Penguins from Little Muppet Monsters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all conducted by Nigel. Very good. We've got a table of sort of secondary Muppet Show characters, Sam the Eagle, Beauregard, Bunsen, Beaker, Swedish Chef, and then a table of, like, tertiary Muppet Show characters, Mildred, J.P. Gross, the the uh, Lubbock Lear yeah. and his Jug Huggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a table of uh, Sesame Street characters, Guy Smiley, Biff, Sully, 
Telly, the Count, Sherlock, Hemlock. There's a table of pigs, which is... Yes, there's a table yeah. of all pigs. Uh, I noticed Lydia, the tattooed lady pig, is there. It's nice to see her. There's a table of Sesame Street birds. Miss Finch and the Dodos, right? That Miss Finch and the Dodos are, are up there with, with, with Big Bird, but there's also a table of, of, of smaller birds. There's Hoots and yeah. uh, Madam Chairbird and a bunch of nameless... Uh, Madam Chairbird. Very good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, well, there's a table of chickens. Yes. Of course. Sure, yeah. There's a table of rats. And it's, and it's those same rats we just saw in, in what was like Manhattan. It's yeah, it's the, the pizza luncheonette gang, yeah. Ratatouille. Ratatouille, I just called them, but yeah. Behind the rats, you can see a table of Emmett Otter characters, which they never get a close-up, but they're oh, there. I, I guess I didn't see that, because then I also... Th- thought I saw Wendell like sitting way in the back and maybe you know like you say they moved some of them around so I think at one point Wendell is just like hanging out behind everybody else and amusingly there's a table of Muppet old people yes I like that Statler and of course and Pops yeah and some of the members of Jerry and the Atrix yeah <laughs> right well later yeah. we get that we towards the end during Rainbow Connection we get that shot of Statler and Waldorf and Pops bopping their heads up and down like in rhythm like who's ever in the center going opposite of the two flanking him yeah i don't remember who's in the center and who's on the sides but yeah it's great if you weren't super familiar with the muppets you could you could be forgiven for going why are there three old guys in the balcony right oh yeah 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 i believe from left to right it goes pops waldorf statler in that shot not that it's super important but um, yeah no this is in order of height i guess right Probably in order of age, um, but yeah, this is like when you're planning the the seating chart for your or, you know for your wedding reception, it's and you're like, just like that. Okay, so we'll put the birds at this table with the other birds. They'll have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's exactly like that. My God, yeah, we'll put everyone from the Chinatown artist community at that table. Everyone from never- Sesame Street will sit together because they can talk about letters and numbers. Yeah, they do love those letters and numbers over there. Yes. Of course, as you mentioned, we've got a, a table of all the all the all the big birds, including Big Bird himself, and yeah, Miss Finch, the Dodos. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you have so many large characters like that. Like the Dodos and Miss Finch seem to be like they must be. I don't think somebody's wearing the full costumes of those characters in that in those shots, right? Like somebody must be just holding up the the top halves of them. Yeah, I don't know. To make them look like they're actually sitting on chairs at this table. I don't know. It's hard for me to describe what's in my head, but... but. I suppose Carol Spinney wouldn't have to have the Big Bird legs on. Yeah. You've got all the big monsters, Sweetums, Dog Lion, Behemoth. Yeah. Uh, the Lion from the Sylvester Stallone episode. Yeah, he's pretty big. <sighs> he's, like, prominently featured, too, I feel. He's so big, how could he not be? Yeah. And and weirdly, you, you don't see much of him, but there's there's a large version of Manamana. Yes. Yeah, near the back, and I wonder, is that one that was built for the Nancy Sinatra Las Vegas show, where they had to build larger versions of the puppets so they could be seen in a live venue? I think it must That would make sense, yeah. I can't imagine why else they would have a big yeah, phenomenon. Yeah, just it's like extra-large phenomena. Yeah, his, his, his name is Mana Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Mana. <laughs> um yeah so uh Fozzie introduces the guest of honor kermit the frog 
Uh, now, Anthony, a few years ago, you and I and our friend Johannes wrote a, an article on the Tough Pigs website about the 30th anniversary of this 30th anniversary special. You might even say that you and I and Joe went strolling through this special one day. <laughs> you might say that. Um, and you pointed out... I wouldn't, but maybe you might. <laughs> <laughs> you pointed out that although this is set up as... 30th anniversary of the Muppets as much as anything it's a 30th anniversary and like and that the fact that they emphasize Kermit as kind of the star and the core of everything like it's also really a, a celebration of everything that Jim Henson has accomplished right in the last G- 30 Ker- years Ker- Kermit is Jim in this right like yeah and it occurred to me on this last rewatch that even the Sesame Street clips they they showcase Kermit just because he's he's the he's the ambassador of the whole thing yeah yeah and that's really yeah that's that's really just celebrating what Jim Henson has has managed to do in 30 years of television. So, yeah, Kermit's a little embarrassed by all this attention, which will continue throughout the special. Uh, Fozzie insists that Kermit is the reason they're all there. He sh- they show a clip of the scene in, in Lou Lord's office from the Muppet movie, which is... Oh, and then that's followed by Kermit's humble beginnings on local television with some clips from Sam and Friends. It's a nice recontextualization of that of that shot of all the Muppets celebrating in Lou Lord's office, and yeah. then the zoom in on on Kermit being all all quiet. It's like he's he's refl- he's looking back on at Sam at, at WRC TV and going, right. "Gosh, I can't yeah. believe Footlight Theater! I've come so far." Yeah, I started on this old local TV show, and now I'm going to Hollywood. Well, and I'm, so I'm I was trying to think. I was actually talking to Joe about this earlier today. Is this the first time Salmon Friends footage was ever seen on national television? Like, is Ooh, it in? Is it in? A, um, it's a minute of, or maybe maybe like that sixty minutes piece? I guess might have had some or something. But yeah, there's no, I, there's no like career documentary re- retrospectives before this. When right? was Henson's Place? That was a little later than this, right? Oh, Henson's Place might be eighty four. Yeah, I forgot about Henson's Place. Yeah, that's eighty four. I don't know. Okay. Oh yeah, that, okay. that that aired on TV, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this, yeah, and you know, for Muppet fans, again, who maybe didn't have everything on tape, like this, this would have been another opportunity, like another rare opportunity to see that stuff. Right? Yeah, it's not it's not every day. You can't watch a compilation of Wilkins and Wonkins on YouTube. Yes, you know. Yes, man, kids today they don't know how good they got it. Uh, but yeah, so th- it is an interesting. You know, we've talked about this to death, but there's no Muppet continuity. There's no Muppet canon. But it is interesting that they frame it this way in this special of Kermit being this local TV star who then made good in Hollywood and brought all his friends along. Sort of approximately how it happened. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So then Kermit reveals that Ralph was the first big Muppet TV star on the Jimmy Dean show. Uh, Ralph has this line that he says to Ernie, I was a big star back then. I love that. Love it. It's similar to a line he has in uh, the Muppet show Sex and Violence, where he's in an at the dance sketch and he says, I used to be with Jimmy Dean, but no one remembers me. Yeah. And I love that. I I love that Ernie just kind of nods in sympathy. Right. Yeah. 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 He just, Ralph gets wistful about the old days. It's, It's funny when you say Ernie nods in sympathy. It's like Ernie's like, yeah, I sang our first big hit. And they're letting some hippie introduce it, right? Like that's true. Yeah, that's gonna happen. 
Um, We see Ed Sullivan introducing Java, which they let play out like most of that number. That's fun. Um, We see a clip of Kermit on Share. This is, I I guess we are pretty sure that this is just kind of like Kermit. Well, (laughs) this is Jim Henson as Kermit and Share just kind of like improvising on the set of Share's variety show. Because he's and they, used, yeah. and they used that footage to help sell the idea of the Muppet Show, didn't they? Uh, that sounds right. Because that was like a year or two before the Muppet Show, I think. Yeah, I remember my Brian yeah, J. That, Jones. That's that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Yeah, this is where he asks her. So, uh, do you fool around? The audience cracks up. Cher cracks up. She says, "What do you have in mind?" He says, "I thought we could." And she says, "What? Go to the hop?" Yeah. Very, very good joke. <laughs> I, well, I. I can't believe that Jim Lewis was writing for Cher. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll have to have him on the podcast one day. Oh, that'd be a thrill, man. I'd love that. Jim, for, that would be uh, fun. For listeners who might not know who that is, Jim Lewis has been writing for the Muppets for 30-something years at this point and writes a lot of their TV appe- like uh talk show appearances like talk show yeah and like he wrote the books like uh before you leap by kermit and the diva code by miss piggy and all that kind of stuff he's uh he's currently one of the one of the people writing their social media accounts i mean anytime that the muppets are not like being performed by their performers it's often jim lewis writing yeah not all the time but often right. and he, he loves those like kermit frog puns i mean any you, you, you know kermit Kermit eating flies, Kermit's going to his pad, Kermit's going to the hop, whatever. Yes. J- J- Jim Lewis can't resist that kind of joke. It's true. It's it's a good way to, to make the mainstream audience uh, get a chuckle. I wish they'd taken the frog theming like further when they did The Muppets 2015. Like I want to see Kermit uh, in his house, in his fancy house, taking a bath in a bathtub full of uh, algae. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, yeah, like go all the way with it. You know, yeah. he could have like a a bath product that's called like pond scum. Yeah, a bottle of pond scum. I'd like to see that. Uh, there's a clip of Kermit hosting the Tonight Show, which Fozzie says says is something like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate achievement, something like that. And you guys covered uh, that episode in a previous uh, we podcast. Did. We did, and yes, we once did. again, w- watching this special let's just say back in the day, generally, like when it was on TV, when it was on Nickelodeon, I, I always wanted to see that tonight show. And now it's last I checked, it was still on YouTube. I could watch the whole thing right now if I wanted to you so. watch it whenever you want. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie then introduces the stars of Sam and friends who, who came to this banquet. It's uh, Sam and Harry, the hipster, uh, Sam does not speak. I guess that was kind of his thing. Was he rarely or never spoke? Craig's book to find out uh, what's really going on there. But he mostly, yeah. lip- from what I know, he mostly lip sync. Lip sync to, to comedy records, yeah. Or, or yeah, songs. Uh, Harry, though, says to Kermit, how come you look so much better now than you did then? Kermit says that's one of the advantages of being a Muppet. By the way, where's Yorick? And then Yorick pops up trying to eat Kermit's arm, which I love. And then he's... he's I wish Yorick had been on The Muppet Show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's great. Just there sure, nibbling, yeah, great. At, nibbling at Kermit's flippers, you know. Yeah, Just he's, showing up backstage every once in a while. 
eating yeah. things. Just yeah. another, yeah. you know, not speaking, just nibbling on things. Just another another annoyance for Kermit to deal with. Right. But um, I, for, I can remember as a kid seeing this, and for some reason, I remember having it in my head, getting the impression from this special that Sam and Friends was from the 1920s. <laughs> which obviously doesn't doesn't make any sense like i didn't i didn't know like when sound film or television was invented you know as a, as a child but like there's just something about it that just seemed so ancient like it was just like yeah wow the muppets have been around forever and they used to look like so did that, you you know so since the that special is called a celebration of 30 years did you then assume that the special had originally aired in the 1950s i was not thinking about that at all. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't you weren't doing the even, math. I don't think I was even thinking about it being called a celebration of 30 years. It was just like, oh, okay. it's, 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 you know, well, because like what I think this reminded me of, and this might be why I thought it was the 20s, is the Animaniacs 65th anniversary special. Oh, yes. Which has the whole, <laughs> the whole fake history. Yeah. The whole yeah. fake history of the Animaniacs. So, which is obviously like riffing, they're, they're both riffing on the same type of like AFI Lifetime Achievement Award banquet or right. whatever, you know? But as a kid, it was just like, well, the Muppets go back as far as, as the Warners. Like, Bosco hates <laughs> them, too, or Buddy, or whoever it was. You know? <laughs> buddy, yeah. It's, bu- it's Buddy, yeah. That's, everybody should watch that, that episode that of Animaniacs. Great. Yeah, it's that great. Episode, yeah, yeah. Animaniacs is currently on Hulu in the U.S. Um, I think it's, is, 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 is it on, uh, is it on anything in Canada? I don't know. I don't know. Disney, Disney well, Plus Star or whatever. That, I know if that you're not in the U.S., you can, you can seek it out. Yeah. Uh, so then Fozzie introduces a montage of clips from the Muppet Show. There's going to be a lot of clips from the Muppet Show in this special. Yeah, there's just a handful of uh, really funny representative clips here. Any specific thoughts on these? What's well, the classics? The Lobster Banditos. The uh... yes. But you know, I I was I was all set to complain that that you know the most of the clips in this special are from from the Muppet Show specifically. Yeah, they really but, are. But then I was thinking, well. I mean, first of all, that's where a lot of their best material is. But also, I realized The Muppet Show never did a clip show. Right. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean... Sesame uh, Street did a clip show every day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, Muppets Tonight did a clip show. Yeah, Muppets okay. Tonight did a clip show, and they only had, what, 22 episodes 22 total? Episodes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Muppet Show had never done one. Now, they, I mean, unless you count the uh, Playhouse videos, which had just come out at this right. time. Right. Yeah, those, oh, right. those yeah. straight-to-home video compilations. But So this is kind of, I mean, it's kind of a Muppet Show clip show with other stuff, with, too. With some other stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. Although, like, I think it would have been very easy to just kind of skip straight to the Muppet Show. So I think it's I think it's admirable that they do include Wilkins and Wilkins and the Lachoy Dragon, and yeah. you know like the Ed Sullivan show. I, I mean, I mean it. You you could very easily say Sam and Friends, and then nothing until na- nineteen seventy six. Like that would have been very easy to do. But I remember seeing Lachoy Dragon in this as a kid, and being like, "Wow, this is everything!" Just like oh yeah. I mean I. He's so funny, knocking everything off the I, off the shelf right. with his tail. That, that yeah. is so funny, yeah. Yeah. especially it's, especially as a kid. You're like, my god, I'd love to see that at the grocery store, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. But um, this this special and the book Jim Henson the Works had the same effect on me. Like Ryan, you mentioned just like wanting to see everything. Yes, and I want to know what everything is from. Yeah, and both like that book too had that same effect on me. 
And it's just like all these clips, especially that older stuff, though. Like, because I don't think yep. I, I, I would watch the Muppet Show as a kid, and I didn't think of the Muppet Show as old. You know, in in 1993, I did like George Burns right. was still alive. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think Gonzo Fiddles. Well, that's Gonzo your yardstick. Well, that's my yardstick. Yeah, I mean, but but not not just. I mean, most most of the guests, including the one who was 97 years old by then we're still alive, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, a, it's not like now where the Muppet show is more than half of the guest stars have passed away. It's like a show. Yeah, it's, it's a show about the Muppets and, and, and dead celebrities, you know, like, you there's know, a, like, <laughs> Oh, geez. Well, there's, yeah, there's a page. Except, on, but true. There's a page on Muppet wiki of Muppet show guest stars who have died and it, it's steadily growing. Yeah. You know? It's not, I mean, yeah, that's getting smaller. Yeah. What happens? Time marches on. I, I did, try to figure out the percentage a while back just out of curiosity and it wasn't as high as i thought right but i know but... it i know it tipped a couple of years ago it 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 got to the point where there's more gone than are still with us yeah which is sad, yeah. sad but true but 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 that's my point is like now the muppet show feels like a show from 45 years ago right right but 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 20, 25 years ago, it just felt like some tv show with the muppets in it you know so yeah. so to see the lachoy dragon 1968, Salmon Friends, 1955, or whatever. That was the first time that I ever realized the Muppets weren't like just a thing for kids now. You know, mm, they had yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, they had a history. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's a yeah, that's a great, uh, useful purpose that the special can serve. And I, I mean, I it's it would probably be for someone who's already inclined to like quirky old pop culture stuff now it would probably be not a bad way to get them interested in the muppets right by just showing them the special or if they were sort of vaguely aware of the muppets and you wanted to to show them like a little bit more about what they're all about you could show them this so uh then uh ralph takes the lectern to talk about uh, miss piggy he has his remarks are brief, but he does manage to get a fat joke in there. He says she's one of the biggies, no matter how tight we lace her corset. I like that he apologizes, though. He does. He says, "Like, ah, sorry, Piggy, it's just a joke." Yeah. Um, and then yes, Piggy knows how to make an entrance, and they show some clips of Piggy making dramatic entrances and these glamorous shots of Piggy. Um, it's too bad we're. We're a year away from uh, Muppet Family Christmas in which she arrives uh, on that, that dog sled. Right. Although it, it's fascinating to me that there are, what, this, this is about the fifth TV special with these characters in it? Something right? like that. It's like Muppets go, Muppets go to the movies, or Muppets Go Hollywood has a big entrance for Miss Piggy. Muppets Go to the movies has a big entrance for Miss Piggy. Yeah. Um. Fantastic Miss Piggy show is entirely a big entrance for Miss Piggy. <laughs> yes. Y you know? And then there's this one and Muppet Family Christmas. And it's like, on the Muppet show, that's not a thing. That's not like, hey, everybody, Miss Piggy's uh, here. It's just like, it's, it's... None of the clips in this montage are from the Muppet show, are they? Right, exactly. Because it's just like... No. It's, she just is a singer. She just does numbers. But like, yeah. all of these specials throughout the 80s, like, spend their time building up this, this like, epic, like, grand myth. Of like Miss hmm. Piggy, the star is here, y you know, and which, yeah. which then ends with Muppet Family Christmas, which we will talk about eventually. Um, 
Piggy saying, if there's Kermit saying, if there's one thing Piggy knows, it's how to make an entrance. Because by then we, we've seen it like five times. So we, we just know that that's what she yeah. does in TV specials. And then they yeah. say that again in uh, Muppets of Walt Disney World. Mm. Yeah. And then she also has a, a dramatic entrance in the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson, where she like she shows up surrounded by singing penguins. Right, yeah. And then yeah. it and then it, it finally infiltrates the movies in Treasure Island. But that's yeah. really the first time. Ooh. Maybe one of us should write a Tough Pigs article about the history of Miss Piggy's dramatic entrances. You got it, Chief. <laughs> so uh there's this uh, st- big staircase on the stage, lights up. Piggy is at the top. She turns around. She immediately tumbles down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, that rules. You can't ask for more than that. That's great. Uh, she wishes... That, that was the moment that I realized the laugh track in this is... like, I, mean, I guess the laugh track is supposed to be the Muppets in the, in the yes. audience, right? But it just, Yes, there it, is actually a crowd of Muppets. It, it, that was the moment though where I realized that the laughter just sounds like the laughter on any on any you know canned laughter sitcom because mm. like, like it would be great if we could hear like Richard Hunt very clearly or something oh yeah you, you know? well so is I wonder if any of it is the same laugh track that they used on the Muppet show it I suppose it is yeah the conceit there as well is that it's an audience full of audience Muppets. Full of Muppets right yeah yeah some of those characters are the same. Right. I think that's right. why I'm always weirded out by animated shows that have a laugh track because I'm like, is there an animated audience? Like the Flintstones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, is right. there? Yeah. There a bunch of cavemen yeah. in the stands laughing at me? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there yeah, was of so much, they got to go to a taping of the Flintstones. Wouldn't you be laughing? You'd be so hyped. Can you? Can you? You get to watch the backgrounds running on a loop behind Fred live in person. <laughs> great. Yeah, they've they've great. got some poor dinosaur running on a treadmill to make the uh, <laughs> Wow, and then that, and then, and then that dinosaur looks at the camera and says, "It's a living." Yes, of course. Yeah. Da, da, how many da, times? Da. How many times did the dinosaurs actually say the line? Very it's few, a living on the very few. And, and actually, I have right? to, I have to give a nod to our previous guest, Jordan Brandon, whose least favorite podcast joke is referencing dinosaurs on the Flintstones saying, "It's a living." So, well, it's become just one of those like things now that people just talk uh, about. Yeah. Yeah, a certain type, like a certain type of pop culture nerd, and I'm including all three of us. Right. That we just we just make references to that all the time. I guess like kind of like uh, like I would have gotten away with it if it weren't a few meddling kids. Which right. I guess that is probably more something that was actually spoken on well, Scooby Doo. But there's there's also a lot fewer episodes of Scooby Doo of of of, yeah, of, of the original series. Like obviously Scooby Doo yeah. has been on almost the whole time for fifty plus years. Right. But I mean, like Scooby Doo, where are you? There's like, there's it's. I mean, it's it's like it's like 17 episodes or something, right? Like it's it's, yeah. it's tiny. Scooby Doo, a celebration of 50 years. Scooby Doo, a, <laughs> a celebration of 17 episodes. Um, but yeah, they must have had different lines for the dinosaurs and right. So and now things that were serving as appliances on so the Flintstones. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go watch all 166 episodes of. The Please do. I I wish somebody would on HBO Max. I can. It's very convenient. And there's one, I think it's, is it a bird that's serving as a bottle opener in the movie, the live action Flintstones movie that just turns to the camera and says, this job sucks. That sounds like the nineties. Yeah. Oh, that's not as good. No, it's not as good, but not that the Flintstones is, 
I'm going to show my own bias here, but not that the Flintstones is good, ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I like it's it. Entertaining I think it's entertaining enough. Fun. I think it's fun. The original series is entertaining enough. I grew up mostly like, watching it in, in, in French. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, wow. Quebecois oh. channel. What is? How do you say Yabba Dabba Doo in French? I, I think it's just Yabba Dabba Doo, but be, the town of Bedrock is called Saint Granit. Is that right? Okay. Saint Granit, because every yeah, every town in Quebec that, is called Saint that something. Rules. Nice. That rules. Wow. Um, also, we, like this is a crossover that we're watching, and it blew my little mind when they did the the Jetsons meet the Flintstones crossover uh, yes. TV movie. My, my favorite thing about the Jetsons meet the Flintstones is that Elroy, the son. The little eight-year-old son just invents a time machine because he's bored. Yes, and it has a switch with three level with three um, settings: present, future, and past. And <laughs> when you flip it to past, it takes you to caveman times, and when you flip it to future, it takes you to their exact home. If you're in okay. caveman, if you have, I to don't be remember. Did time. they ever switch it to present? Why would they call themselves future and not present? I, you know, it might. Now that I think about it, it might just ha- be past and future, because they yeah. don't they don't take it to the future until they're in caveman times, right? You know, hmm. I don't know if that stands up to scientific scrutiny. Uh, and then uh, George Jetson hears uh, Fred Flintstone saying "Yabba Dabba Doo," and he starts saying "Uba Duba." That's yeah, a that's a missed opportunity. He should have started singing Eep, Ah, Ork, Ah, Ah, Eep, Ah, Ork, Ah, Ah. That, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Grant's like, Grant's like, why do you guys care so much about Hanna-Barbera sitcoms? This is all garbage. This is all garbage. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> it, was, it was available to rent, like, on uh, iTunes and uh, Amazon uh, Video. Last time I checked, if people out there want to go look for it. The Jetsons meet the Flintstones. It is also streaming on Boomerang. I know, because my, oh, mom, cool. my mom has Boomerang. And we watched it there one time. Oh, great. We should move on. But do they also have those other TV movies that were part of that same sort of series, like Yogi's Ark Lark? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I know. I I bet so, because I know that they have Yogi's First Christmas on there, because I've also seen that. Okay, that was probably part of the same package. Yeah. Which is 97 minutes long, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't fooling around with those. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Miss Piggy. Wishes Kermit a happy 30th birthday. He says, remember, it isn't just my 30th birthday, it's ours. So it's this interesting thing in this special where it's like, it's the Muppets are all, like, they're all treated as one entity. Mm. Right. Miss Piggy had not been around for 30 years. Right. But when they talk, like, like when they talk about doing commercials, yeah, when they talk about doing commercials, it's like, oh, we used to do commercials, even though none of these characters were ever actually in this commercials it's just like it's the muppets as as a single unit right. as an act except for ralph yeah. right wasn't ralph in some purina commercials with um yes he was in yes that's true he was created for purina oh there you go right right yeah uh but yeah piggy insists that she could not be 30 uh kermit goes along with this and says oh yes you joined us very recently and she says as a child star right it's funny which is like that you joined us very recently though is is pretty much true i mean like, yeah, the, relatively. The Muppet Show is less than ten years old at this point, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you're talking about the whole thirty-year history, 
They revisited that joke, I remember, when the first Muppet Show DVDs came out in whenever that was, 2004 or so. Um, they were doing promotional interviews. And uh, so at that point, the show was, what, 30, 30 years old, maybe? Yeah, 30 years old. It was, tw- it was 2005, like so yeah, that. it was 29 years old. Okay, so uh, they were doing promotional interviews, and, and Piggy was saying, of course, I, you know, I wasn't... I wasn't on the show. I wasn't born yet. So if you see me on these DVDs, it's because George Lucas edited me in. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's cute. I don't remember that. That's funny. There was, uh, listeners might be aware, our website, toughpigs.com, turned 20 years old recently. And the official Muppets Twitter account actually tweeted at, uh, or like quote tweeted us to wish us a happy 20 year birthday or anniversary and it the, t- the tweet actually said something to the effect of like you're older than miss piggy now something it was so, sort of in the same vein as, as these jokes about yeah. miss piggy uh <laughs> being in denial about how old she is yeah but, but it's it's odd though because at the same time you've got you've got someone like big bird who who really has been six for 50 years Right. He's not. He's not in denial. Yeah. He's just. He's just in Arrested Development. So right. Yeah. But vanity is not part of his character, so he doesn't really think about it. No. Right. He's just lucky. Right. Yeah. He's just just happy to be six. Um. Th- so then, yeah. There's some clips from the Muppet movies, of which there were only three at this time. Well, and Piggy Piggy is already insisting that they're married. Oh yes, I th- I thought I had a note about that, but yes, yes. Oh yes, Piggy says. Uh, so we see how far Kermit has come from local television show host to happily married frog, and Kermit says he does his little exasperated like Piggy, but he doesn't deny it. He doesn't say no. We're not married. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 embarrassed that you know she's bringing it up in front of everybody. But so. yeah, yeah. And, well, and and that's another thing that's going to carry over into. Muppet Family Christmas, right? Where he's like genuinely worried that Piggy's not there yet. Like that's the whole the whole emotional core of that special is like Kermit worrying that Piggy won't be there to spend Christmas with them, and that's basically like she's his wife. Like that that's yeah. that special treats them like a happy couple. You, you, you know, you know my my head canon about about Kermit and Piggy is that he does love her. He's just bad at showing it and, and afraid of commitment. Yeah. That's definitely true. That's reasonable. I love, That's I love, uh, I, uh, maybe the best joke in Muppets Most Wanted is when Piggy's not sure which Kermit is the real Kermit. And she says, will you marry me? And he says, well, I mean, I, I would, I could. And he yeah. says, oh, that's him. Yeah, that's yeah. great, that's great. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But I I do think that this whole, like, Muppets Take Manhattan through through Jim's deaths, or even even you could you could argue through Christmas Carol, I suppose, seems to be like Kermit having reached the phase where he is comfortable with it. Right? If if we want to view it well, as like a, a a characterization arc, you know, if not like a continuity arc. Because throughout throughout right. throughout the eighties, he's they're they're much more of a couple than they ever were on the Muppet Show, you know? At the very least he's no longer running away from her or trying to like constantly rebuff her. He's he's sort of resigned himself and, and maybe is fond of her. Right. Yeah, but he's going, oh, you, you don't have to bring it up in front of everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and once again, there's there's no Muppet continuity, so they can change their minds about the status of Kermit and Piggy anytime. Yeah, and they, they do. Often. So, uh, 
Yeah, uh, any any thoughts about the montage of movie clips? We already talked about them for like 150 episodes. That's true. If anyone wants to go back and listen, uh, you can hear uh, Anthony and myself talk about the things that are in these clips two minutes at a time. If you if you really want to, you can edit together the episodes of Moving Right Along in the order of the clips in this uh, montage. That's true, you could. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know you why you'd want to, but you certainly could. could. Yes. You're good, yeah. Um, then Lou Zealand pops up to request the bicycle scene from The Great Muppet Caper. Apparently it's his favorite. That's interesting. I guess... No, he's he's not in it, is he? Is he? No. Or is he? I don't think he's in it. I don't think he I don't is. Think he is, no. Hmm. Wow. But, and, and also, I guess, are there any scenes with fish in The Great Muppet Caper? I mean, there's scenes with him. In, in the movie, but... There's scenes in water, but there's... Yeah. Oh, there is a goldfish. Isn't there a goldfish in the, the um, uh, Piggy's Fantasy water number? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so why isn't that Lou's favorite scene? But anyway. Uh, he says, people are always asking us how we did that. And then they show an extended clip of Couldn't We Ride? Here's where I must tell a, a personal anecdote about, about this special in VHS oh, case. Because... Uh, one day, as a small child, I was watching this special on, on tape for the millionth time. And my gaze wandered idly toward the buttons on the VCR. And I went, gee, I know what play and stop and fast forward and rewind <laughs> all do. I wonder what record does. Oh, no. I think I'm going to press it and find out. Thankfully, my father was in the room and was able to leap up and... Uh, and press stop a couple seconds after I hit record. But uh, not before it had recorded a couple seconds of a football game right over Couldn't We Ride. Okay. Sure. So henceforth, every time I I uh, watched that special, we had Lou Zealand's introduction, and we'd start with the nice music, and then suddenly, and Bernie Kozar goes out for a pass. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my version of that was, we had Return of the Jedi taped off USA, and about 30 seconds of the climax, you know, the, the big climax of return of the Jedi cutting between the three different locations. Um, the part with, with Han and Chewie, part of that was the frugal gourmet mixing something in a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite as exciting, not not quite as exciting, but I watched it many times. Like I've, that's (laughs) definitely seen the, that cut of return of the Jedi more than any other cut. So when you watch The Return of the Jedi, now you probably expect to see the frugal gourmet right, exactly. make an appearance. That's the copy you had, and so you, you saw that over and over again, and that's, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, it, but it's, it's also the only cut that has never been released on DVD, I think, of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the Anthony's childhood cut? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, when they come back from that clip, Beauregard looks around and says, Hey guys, how did they do that? That's, that's a nice little, little button on that. We'd have to wait another uh, three years for uh, Jim to explain it to us in Secrets of the Muppets. Of the Muppets yeah, right? he does explain it in that episode of the Jim Henson Hour. I always think it's too bad that they didn't, that they weren't taping any behind-the-scenes footage that day when they shot Couldn't We Ride. Because yeah. you, you, you get it when Jim explains it in Secrets of the Muppets, but it would be so cool to actually see more of what that looked like. Yeah. We should yeah. go back in time and shoot behind the yes. footage of that scene. 
That would be one of the things I would do if I went back. Nothing else. Yeah, that. Right. Given, given oh, that's the power of time travel. The only thing. All right. Yeah, that's a good use of your time machine. Built by Elroy Jetson. <laughs> uh, so after a commercial break, Dr. Teeth tells us... Uh, basically, he just reminds us that the Muppets are really, really famous. And we see yeah. some... Uh, we don't see any more clips. We just see a bunch of magazine covers. <laughs> and, covers uh, album covers. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Kermit still is just embarrassed by all this attention. I wonder if some of this was... Like, Jim Henson wanted to make sure... Like, don't make Kermit too self-aggrandizing, because Kermit yeah. is me. So yeah. And Kermit wouldn't do that, yeah. <laughs> That's true, too, yeah. So Kermit's just like, ah, oh, guys, come on. Um, but Sweetums objects to all this. Okay, he wants to Sweet- see more monsters. Sweetums, as far as I can tell, is objecting to the magazine cover montage, specifically. Because he's like, <laughs> he's like, stands up right after that, and he's like, you left out my favorite part! Monsters! Yeah. And it's like... Bro, well, it was magazine covers. Like they don't. Yeah, but Sweetums probably doesn't like to read. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, um, he reads, he reads oh. the New York Times, doesn't he? Does Sweetums without his Sweetums without his top half on? Oh, yeah. oh, that and, picture uh, of, of, of Richard Man. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Um, I guess so. No, but so then the monsters. Well, you you go ahead. You say what you're going to say. Yeah, no, just he says uh, in the old days everything the Muppets did had monsters in it, and everything ended with eating or explosions. And of course, all the monsters at his table are very enthusiastically agreeing with this. The two-headed monster, Dog Lion, uh, Sundance, the Lion, uh, and then yeah, they go into this montage of clips of monsters eating and explosions, which is the that this I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. That montage is the only time we see the Planet Gorch characters from Saturday Night Live in this. Yes, there's a brief, a very brief glimpse of Plubus and Scred. Right, yeah. And, like, what a thrill to see them in this. That's another thing. We're watching this back in the day. I was just like, whoa, wait, what? Who are those characters? Right. Are those guys from The Muppet Show? That montage is so good. Like, the, the editing, the, ti- the, the timing. Uh, of, you know, we've got Ugly Song and then the, uh, what, the 1812 It turns into the 1812 overture. And, and just the, yeah. the timing of the explosions of the, of the eating of the hits, like, <laughs> yes. every, it's, it's like, it's such, wow, it's, it's such an amazingly edited piece. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think, like, I know for me, that was like what I thought of as Muppets as a child is like the explosions and eating. And this is definitely, yeah. like, this special is definitely why. That, that, that right. they make a point to say it out loud, you know? Right. And then it's just, well, like, the it's... coolest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. And there's not enough of that kind of stuff in the Muppet stuff that we get now. It's, there, there should be more explosions and more monsters eating other Muppets and just weird, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, right. Agreed. Did anyone get blown up? There were probably some explosions up at Labs bits on Muppets Now, right? I don't know. They were just like throwing pizzas at the wall. So. Yeah, I mean that was fun to watch, but yeah, I don't. Fine. I can't remember any major explosions or or anybody getting eaten. Um, one of my favorite things in the 2015 sitcom is um the character Pache. They like st- steal his cell phone, and Big Mean Carl swallows it. Yes. So then Rizzo has to go spelunking into Big Mean Carl's <laughs> mouth to get it back. Yeah, that which, was good. 
that was when that felt like like old old times. It felt like a new like like an update of of old time. Like yeah, when, when it felt like a sitcom. Of... Yeah, like a sitcom twist on a on an old Muppet bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. More of this, please. <laughs> right. And speaking of explosions, Crazy Harry pops up and makes an explosion. And when the smoke clears, the Count is up on the podium. He introduces Bert and Ernie. Bert starts reading a heartfelt speech about the Muppets being on Sesame Street and being used on this educational TV program. And Ernie pulls off his nose. And Ernie says, that's the old nose joke, Bert. It's been funny ever since Sesame Street started back in 1969. Bert says, that's true. You have been doing that to me for 17 years. Guys, can you believe there was a time when when Sesame Street had only been on TV for 17 years? 17 years is nothing now. It's not Sesame Street. Street. It's it's literally one third of the show's run. You know. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Time wise. Um, Yeah. But this, then the Sesame montage that we get is only three minutes long. Like, talking about this hmm. special being Muppet Show heavy. Like, we, we'll see yeah. more later. You know, they, they show Sesame Street in, like, um, a few other clip compilations and stuff. Right. But, yeah, during, um, do they show, well, no, I guess being green is from, is from the Muppet Show. Oh, yeah, no, maybe not. But, huh. but no, no, they do, though, because we see, um, we see, um, I'm trying to think. What was it? Maybe not. I yeah, thought, I, I, thought, I think maybe. Yeah, but yeah. So it's only like three minutes, and it's like, were the Muppets? Was the Muppet Show that much more popular than Sesame Street, or is it just like that's just not what this special's about? You know. It yeah. It seems like they just chose to focus on the Muppet Show. Maybe they were like that was the big thing that they were proud of. That was more of a an in-house production where I guess like Sesame street is more like it, it's the, it's the product of, you know, children's television workshop and all these other people. Whereas maybe the Muppet show felt more like something that, that the Muppet people came up with themselves. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I can see that. Yeah. But um, I also wanted to say, I, I do love Ernie pulling Bert's nose off. Um, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Bert without his nose is hilarious. Um, yeah, it is. He speaks in a nasally voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> Has that happened lately? Is, you know, Peter Linz as Ernie pulling uh, Eric Jacobson's Burt's nose off? I don't think so. And in fact, Muppet Wiki only lists two examples of Ernie doing that to Burt on the show, on Sesame Street, on the wow. page, which I'm... is called something like Muppets Who Have Had Body Parts Removed. Oh, yeah. But there have been a few other, like, he did it once to him on on that episode of the Muppet show that they're on. Yeah. And then I think in the, the Lowe's movie theater policy trailer, he does it to him. So yeah, there are a few other, I think that's right. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And it's one of those like, don't do this. And there he pulls it. Such a good gag. Like I wish they did it all the time. Yeah. It just is a great way to take advantage of the fact that they're puppets. And it's very funny. Um, yeah. Any other, specific thoughts on this uh, Sesame Street montage? Well, yes. I have one very specific thought, which is that we see the uh, American Express parody yeah. with Big Bird about holding a grown-up friend's hand. Yeah. And the grown-up friend whose hand he holds to cross the street is Bob. And right. at the end of the special, there is a list of 
special guest stars, and it's every human who appears on screen except for Bob McGrath. Oh, and I know. Yeah, he's not. He, I double checked. He's not. He's not listed. It's all the guest mm. stars and not Bob. And it's like, and some of them don't say it. Stallone doesn't say anything. Julie Andrews right. doesn't say anything. You know, but you see them and they're listed, and Bob isn't. And it's like, yeah, man, what a slap in the face to oh. to, to, to to like the most true and loyal member of the Sesame Street cast. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was kind of weird that they used that American Express parody in the first place. Like it's not, well, it was, it was several years old at the time. What they're going for in that montage is like Sesame street is silly and funny, right? It's like, we see, we like, we also see like Bert playing checkers with Bernice. Who's not that good at playing checker. Like it's, it's, they very much seem to have chosen clips that are like Sesame street is funny and it's not just education. Like, so, like, what they're going for there is, like, it's a parody. It's Sesame Street is so hip, they're spoofing TV commercials. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It just seems to take up a, a large chunk of that montage that I feel like could have been something else. but Could have been Grover's Weather Machine. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. Something like Anything. that. Yeah. The mystery box. Yeah. You know. But, no, it's fine. Um, so then Oscar. Yes. Then Oscar begrudgingly introduces the giant overgrown bag of giblets, or is he a turkey? Uh, there's a, it's, it's just fun to have a little interaction with two Carol Spinney characters. Big Bird says the Muppets have done all sorts of things for kids. First there was Sesame Street, now there's Muppet Babies, Little Muppet Monsters, and Fraggle Rock, too. Okay, let's, so. let's talk about the fact that Fraggle Rock is last on that list. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Could be like the like le- like the you know special guest star Edward Herman role, right? right. <laughs> special appearance by Edward Herman, but it still it feels weird. Fraggle Rock is the most important of those three programs. Fraggle Rock, one far, of the the you know? pinnacles of television achievement. I agree, and in fact, there is a real. I mean, we were talking. We were just talking about a, a lack of Sesame Street content in this special. There is a real dearth of fraggle content it's yes. surprising but i will say this in its favor like i'm glad they're there at all and this special on nickelodeon in 1994 was the first time i ever saw a single second of the tv show fraggle rock oh wow so it was kind of like oh that's a thing like and, and yeah I, I think that might be part of it too like it wasn't on you know like i think in canada it's different it was on cbc here, yeah here it was on hbo you, you know, so it's very much like, hey, hey, premium cable kids, you might know what this is. Everyone else, this is a thing that exists. You know, you said 1994, I think this was on four. What, so it was on. Was it on TNT by then? Or maybe you didn't have TNT either. I had, you didn't have T- I had TNT as a kid, but I don't remember seeing Fraggle Rock on there. Yeah, it was there for a while after the HBO run. Is that right? I don't know the exact time period yeah sure yeah so we alluded to this earlier but little muppet monsters was actually did grant you were the one who said we should explain it maybe a little well yeah i mean you'd be forgiven watching this for thinking little muppet monsters was a classic show you'd missed just as just as anthony you know thought about fraggle rock Uh, fraggle rock really was a classic show he'd missed but little muppet monsters was uh not right although i believe if if I remember right from what I've read on Muppet Wiki, 
the Nickelodeon airing cut out the Little Muppet Monsters. I think it was the Odyssey Channel. Odyssey Channel, okay. A little bit so, later, so a couple years Nick, later. So yeah. on Nick, it was there. Okay. Yeah. And do you want to give a, a brief uh, rundown on what Little Muppet Monsters was, just in case? Grant? Uh, sure. Little Muppet Monsters was a show about uh, three little Muppet monsters who lived a, a, hung out in the basement making a TV show. And for some reason, it had animated adult Muppets in it, voiced by the Muppet Babies voice actors. Yep. And it was, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've watched a full episode. Um, but it only aired for, what, three full episodes? Three episodes on TV, yeah. And- three aired, and then there's some, I guess, like, they, some combination of the animation studio couldn't finish the animated segments in time, and then also they just sort of decided that it wasn't that good. Like, it wasn't up to the usual Muppet standards of quality, so they they kind of abandoned it. They just ran two episodes of Muppet Babies back to back and had great ratings. So they said, "Oh, we'll just, yeah, we'll just yeah. keep doing this." Right. right. Well, I, I remember watching what because, like, then I think probably Garrett Gilchrist, rest- yes, fairly recently, who is who is a a person who has restored much Muppet content, and I'm you know we're we're all very grateful to him, certainly, and other things that are not even Muppet content. If anyone yeah, right. has seen the GIF of Kermit the Frog typing uh, enthusiastically at his typewriter. That is from Garrett's uh, restoration of an episode of Little Muppet Monsters. That's right, true. Right. But what I was going to say is after he did that restoration, I watched one of them, and I, I, I could barely pay attention to it. It's dreadful. Hmm. It's really bad. It's just boring. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the idea so much, though. I like the idea of, like, you know, it's goes from a, a Muppet segment to an animated segment with these, uh, with, you know, these animated versions of the Muppets that we already know. But, um, yeah, no, it just never, it doesn't, it doesn't quite, it's not quite a coherent, uh, show. You know what? But, it just occurred to me. It's not unlike Muppets now in its disjointedness. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're right. So, and yes, Anthony, as you pointed out, Muppets, Little Muppet Monsters had already come and gone a few months before the special even aired. Right. So yeah, it was, it when, was a when, distant memory. Yeah, when Big Bird says, <laughs> now there's Little Muppet Monsters, he's a liar. Big Bird is, is lying. Yes. Yeah, so there's uh, a, a clip of the... Oh, it's an interesting choice. They show the, the puppet Muppet Babies from the Muppets Take Manhattan singing I'm Gonna Always Love You. And that that audio continues to play over clips from the opening theme of the Muppet Babies uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then we see the ill-fated Molly, Tug, and Boo from uh, Little Muppet Monsters. Then, yes, then we get some Fraggle Rock. Like, Man, this makes me want to sit down and watch Fraggle Rock, yeah, but it's, it's like, just so brief. It's like not even, it's not even a minute, right? It's like... No, I don't think so. It's a nice teaser. I mean, we get Traveling Matt's little narration about yes, uh, yes. how great Fraggles are. And right, then right. Some clips yeah. of the theme song and some clips of the demo version of the theme song, oddly enough. Yeah, apparently. I saw that on Muppet Wiki. Like, not the final version of the theme song that they used on the series. Yeah, there's a, there's a shot of the Gorgs uh, and Junior falling over. And there's a shot of the Fraggles all looking up. And those are both from the the demo version before they'd figured out the structure of the 
of the theme song they wanted to go with, which is a, it's, it's a bizarre choice. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Uh, next is the, well, so next is the Swe- Swedish chef who introduces the talking food. They're very, uh, grateful for Kermit, um, recognizing that, um, vegetables have talent. I love the way the scallions performed by Jerry Nelson pronounces the word vegetables. <laughs> the scallion <laughs> is performed by Jerry Nelson sound, yes. sound kind of drunk. <laughs> and I like I like to imagine that that's because they were sautéed in wine. Or like <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Maybe Jerry Nelson was sautéed in wine too. <laughs> Maybe he was. That's Maybe just the kind was. of joke they would have made too. Right, right. Yeah, Kermit was the first to recognize the way vegetables have talent. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, like, like what? It, let's let's t- let's just take a second to appreciate. That this is a special where, completely without irony, a talking scallion introduces the Kuzbanian mating ritual. Yes. And there's, like, there's not much of a connection there. No, but it's just like, Muppets love strange stuff. Here it is. <laughs> you know? It's great. Yeah. It's great. yeah. And that strange grapefruit whose eyes are inside of his mouth. I I was going to say, I am fascinated by the Muppet grapefruit with this, the little beady eyeballs inside its head. Yes. I don't know who built that thing, but yeah, what a what a fascinating choice. Yeah, I like how the the vegetables. At first, the scallion is talking, and the other vegetables aren't moving, and then they slowly kind of wake up, and you realize, oh, they're all they're all muppets. Yeah, and yeah. they're all alive. Yeah, they're all being performed. The scallion is talking about how <clears throat> Kermit will. Like, take any act, even the really weird ones, something to that effect. And then we see uh, two aliens having sex. Yes. <laughs> the Kuzbanian mating ritual, one of the all time greats. Again, we should see more stuff like this, just really weird stuff. Just weird in the stuff, Muppets. Yeah. yeah. So, Uncle Traveling Matt is in the ballroom. He's sitting at a table with Sprocket. Uh, it's a nice uh, nod to, you know, just continuing the uh the integrity of the fraggle lore just the fact that traveling matt is the only fraggle who has been outside of fraggle rock into outer space i'm of two minds about this yeah because on the one hand i do appreciate that you know it's nice it's it's they're they're holding the the as you say the integrity the continuity but at the same time i want to see a table full of fraggles sure yeah sure that would be fun i, I want to see a table that. full of rats and doozers and I want to see Junior Gorg's giant eye peeking in the window. Oh, that would be... Ooh. Yeah, I would have liked to see that. Uh, uh, but I do like how Sprocket is, is, is lapping at a cup of tea. That's, that's, yeah, kind of, that's, that's cute. Great. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. That's funny. Uh, so that leads to a montage of more uh, weird stuff. Oh, he says, the, what does it take to be a Muppet? Imagination. Um, uh, not cookies. No, no. God, that's so good. Traveling right, Matt and says, Cookie Monster team up? <sighs> yeah, do you know what it takes to be a Muppet? And Cookie Monster pops up and says, Cookies! And Traveling Matt says, No. It scares the hell out of Traveling Matt, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the audience yeah. loves it. The rest of the crowd, we hear the, the laugh track. Thinks crazy. it's hilarious. Yeah. But that's that kind of crossover moment that, that Grant, I think I think that's what you want more of, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I will say... Yeah, I, a character from one franchise interacting with a character from another one. What a bizarre choice, yeah, too. Yeah, right. But that's, I think that's kind of why it's fun. Yeah. Um, I do also wonder that maybe this is where Sprocket met the casting director for Dog City. 
because Sprocket plays a guy who gets thrown out of the bar in Dog City. Right. Is it the same casting director? Oh, I just meant like Rolf or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, sure. He yeah. made some connections. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's perfectly uh, logical conclusion. So this leads into a uh, montage of more weird stuff. To the- this is another montage that I absolutely love with uh, Ben Vereen oh, yeah. singing Pure Imagination. Yeah, and just Ben Vereen singing Pure Imagination with a bunch of weird... Strange, plus, surreal, uh, the, 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 stalact- the talking stalactites with the toothache, uh-huh. the... Uh, the gawky birds, just wonderful, weird. The birds jumping on the power lines. And Marjorie for a couple seconds there. Yep. Uh, Mount Rushmore from Sex and Violence. Uh, yeah, this was one definitely where, as a kid, I was like, what is that? What is that? I want to know what these all are. So um, then coming out of the next commercial break, we see Grover briefly run by in the foreground. He's working as a waiter. He's maybe the only Muppet that doesn't get to just sit down and enjoy the thing, which is just, I I love that detail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Floyd and Janice are up front to talk about Muppet music. Floyd says their first big hit was Ernie singing Rubber Ducky. Yeah, so there is another Sesame clip. I forgot about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's, that's um, which is thinking. true, though, by the way. Uh, Rubber Ducky charted on the Billboard charts. I forget what the highest position was, but the I can single, tell you. Actually... I can tell you off the top of my head, it was number sixteen. Oh, very good. Yeah, which is like really impressive. Yes, it is. What is number sixteen on the charts right now? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's something by Dua Lipa. You know what? Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna find out. Today is uh, September twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. I'll peek behind the curtain. And uh, number 16 is Fetish by Selena Gomez. I don't know that song, but... Nor do I, but... I'll uh, have yeah. to check it out. The Muppets cameo guest star, Selena Gomez. Also, oh, yeah. Also, uh, Studio DC Almost Live, Episode 2 host, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yeah, we, well, we, 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 we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not familiar with the song Fetish, but I'll have to give it a listen. But and, I do... And see how I, it compares... To Rubber Ducky. It's the Rubber Ducky of today. Um, yes. I, I have found Selena Gomez to be delightful on Only Murders in the Building. So yes! I she think is she's, I think she's on tremendous show, yes. on the show, yeah. The okay. show is great and she is great on it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. With Muppet Show guest star Steve Martin and Muppets Tonight guest star Martin Short. That's right. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> and and uh, Letters to Santa featured player Nathan Lane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everyone has a Muppet connection. Everyone has. I think Amy Ryan doesn't, which is a bummer. She, I was just trying to think if Amy Ryan did, but yeah, well, she should. Give her time. Then, yeah, that's mostly Muppet Show clips of musical numbers. Any thoughts on these in particular? It's nice to see them. I like them all. <laughs> yes, it is. So Scooter shows up. His favorite thing about the world of the Muppets is the guest stars. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> Rock and Robin is that the that's in the musical montage? montage. Yeah, yeah, and, and the animal goes by afterwards, still saying tweet, tweet, tweet. Yes, yeah, that that is excellent. Um, yeah, this is where we see clips then of um, guest star moments, including that Lily Tomlin clip, which is the only one not from the actual Muppet Show. No, Ray it's Charles from the Muppets is in go the, to the movies. Ray Charles is in there too. Doesn't he come a little later? Yeah, he's in a different montage. Oh, he's in a different yeah. montage. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Muppets go to the movies, though. We talked about at length in a previous podcast episode, if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, 
That's a really good episode. It's got Danny Horner. It does. It does? It's, yeah, thank you. It's very I'm entertaining. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Robin then asks Kermit what he likes about the Muppets. Kermit says, you know, Robin, there are times when the Muppets aren't funny. Robin says, yeah, but I usually figure that's the writer's fault. Oh, that's such a good joke. It's such a good joke, and it was written by a writer. So, so. <laughs> well, and it's 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 so it's per- so perfect for Robin too. It's just a sort of naive misunderstanding. Yeah, exactly. So innocent. Um, but no, Kermit is talking about the serious parts, and we see uh, turn the world around with Harry Belafonte. We oh, see so th- for what it's is, worth. This is where we see Ray Charles. Right, he's in this montage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for what it's worth, with the woodland creatures hiding from the hunters, man, I can't believe they made the Muppets woke. Like, what is what is the world coming to? <laughs> Muppets didn't used to be politically correct like this. Like nineteen, uh, anyway. like the Bob Hope episode. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> I guess the African mask Muppets couldn't make it to the uh, gala. That's too bad. Oh no, we don't That's see them, too, huh? Yeah. They're out. Like I know those puppets still exist. Like today, they they were in. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were at the Center for Puppetry Arts or Museum of the Moving Image or one of them places. But yeah, Hmm. I wonder where they were. uh, They were just in a warehouse or something when this was taped. Um. Yeah, we see Kermit singing "Being Green" alone, and then with Ray Charles. Uh, You would definitely. Yeah, it it would make sense to think that this was on the Muppet Show, but I think. I didn't. I forgot to fact check this, but I believe this is also from one of those episodes of Share. I believe that's right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Where Ray Charles was the other guest that night. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, appeared um, on Share to sing "Being Green" as a duet with Kermit. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're never quite singing in unison. I find that somewhat endearing. That, like, I don't know how many times they rehearsed. Maybe they didn't rehearse, but they're never quite singing the same syllable at the same time. But it gives it this this real quality of these are just two friends hanging out singing a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it when Ray uh, Charles puts his arm around Kermit. That's really nice. Yes, very nice. After the next commercial, then Gonzo is sitting at the chicken table. He accidentally calls a chicken Camilla, who is not Camilla. I I know we've talked about this thing where Dave Goals has said that Gonzo doesn't actually know which chicken is Camilla. I'm not sure. I like that. I like thinking of Gonzo and Camilla as having some kind of real relationship, but whatever. And I love his turn of phrase saying, I have forsaken the rarefied ambiance of the head table. Yeah, that's mm. great. Yes, that's excellent. I strive to 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 include that, that phrase, to, like, to, to genuinely have a moment in my life to say that <laughs> phrase. And yes. it hasn't, hasn't happened yet. But. Be more like Gonzo. Gonzo introduces the cultural side of the Muppets, which includes several clips from the Muppets Go to the Movies. That special was just a few years old at the time. I guess it had only aired once, so they figured they might as well use a bunch of these clips. Right. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on these other clips in this well, montage? I feel like, like, by cultural, do they just mean pop culture? Because, like, the Star Wars spoof on Pigs in Space? Like, that's not... Yeah, it, it, they, they set guess. it up like it's going to be like high art kind of stuff, and then it's just like, right? Here's Gonzo it, being Darth Vader. Well, you know, you know <laughs> what I mean, though. Like, no. it, it also <laughs> includes two uh, Muppet news flashes, which are not really cultural or artistic. But the so. news, yeah, the news is high art, I guess. Um, I guess so. But no, I, actually, since this is the only time we'll get to talk about. 
that Pigs in Space sketch. It has fascinated me my whole life that Piggy has to see Darth Nader from our perspective instead of her own for that joke to work, right? Because Gonzo is looking out at the camera and Piggy is standing at his side, which means she can see him in profile. She can see his nose. Yeah. And she says, like, who are you behind that mask? And then Gonzo turns to her and says, well, you may ask. And then that's the laugh. And then that's when Piggy's like, oh, brother or whatever. But she should have been able to see him the whole time when he was looking out at the camera. (laughs) She could see the nose. We couldn't. But mm. like she, she reacts as though she's seeing it from our point of view, right? Like, or, or, or the joke doesn't work. It's like in a horror movie where the monster suddenly jumps from from off screen and surprises us, but the 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 the, the damsel it's jumping at should have been able to see it from where she was, but we can't right. see it yes. from where we are. Her vision is not limited by the by the frame of the camera, but but it is because it has to be. I just remembered that. For most of my childhood, I didn't see Star Wars until I was about thirteen. I don't know how that happened. Right. I could have, I, I could have lent you a tape with uh, Frugal Gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> because of this clip, for most of my childhood, I assumed that the call and response line "Who are you behind that mask?" and "Well, you might ask" was from Star Wars. Oh, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I think when Star Wars first came out, the first one at least, I think there was maybe there was this expectation of like there's going to be some big reveal. I mean, then I guess eventually there was, but right. Like just not that one. Not, not, yeah. Like, not Darth Vader takes off his mask and it's, and it's uncle Owen. or whatever. Right. Gonzo. <laughs> Gonzo. Right. That would have been, that would have been something. Yeah. So then Fozzie clinks his glass in front of, you know, at the head table. He wants to say something special about Kermit. He says, is it mushy to say thank you? Oh, Kermit says, you know, don't get mushy. Fozzie says, is it mushy to say thank you for the faith you have had in us all? Is it mushy to say thank you for making us a success in the show business? The show business, (laughs) yes. For all the hours of joy you've brought to the world. world. Freddie Goss pointed out in some recent interview that Fozzie always says the show business. Right, right. I hadn't noticed that. Because he says it to his mom in Muppet Family Christmas. He says, the one who gave me my start in the show, or my big break in the show business, Kermit. The show business. That's great. Uh, then the other Muppets chime in and they all agree with him. Fozzie is overcome with emotion. He throws to the next clip package. It's the sentimental scenes set to the musical accompaniment of Linda Ronstadt singing When I Grow Too Old to Dream from The Muppet Show. When they come back from that, all the Muppets are crying, except for Kermit, who's making his sheesh face. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> it's such a sweet montage. Like it's 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 Kermit having a sweet little moment with with all the all the main characters. He's dancing with with Piggy. He's comforting Gonzo. He's putting Robin to bed. It's it's sweet. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it wouldn't be a Muppet retrospective without Rainbow Connection. So then, of course, at the end, we get a clip of the reprise from the Muppet movie. So can I, can I ask you a question about this? Yes. You famously are tired of the rainbow connection being performed in contexts that are not the Muppet movie. This is is it your, famous? That's one of your signature bits on, on the tough Pigs <laughs> website. I, I would say, okay. um, I would agree. Do you like, do you like this one where it has like Miss Finch and traveling Matt singing it? Or does it, is it still just feel? Um, well, for one thing, I don't think Kermit even sings it, right? Yeah, I guess not. Is he singing along with this? And then, 
how many times had it been done by this point? It, it wasn't like so done to death in 1986. Right. But what I mean is like it, in, in retrospect, does it feel more tired? Um, I mean, when I watch it now, it, it, yes, it does. There is a little bit of that, like, Oh yeah, here's that song again. But no, I think, I think it, it, it still is nice in context and, yeah, seeing a hundred Muppets in this room is all yeah from all it, these yeah. different productions. That's yeah, the yeah. thing, right? It's, you it's, see this whole huge room full of Muppets all singing it, and then you it, different character groups get these little close-ups. And... Right. I don't know how this crowd of Muppets compares to the the church in Muppets Take Manhattan or the finale of the Muppet movie, but this might be this this it's probably like the number three largest assemblage of Muppets ever, right? Well, yeah. I tell you, the wiki yeah. lists 139 characters. Okay. But some of those are character groups like pigs or chickens, so it's yeah. definitely more puppets than that. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. It's a lot. So, yes, it is very uh, cool seeing them all sing this. Um, there's, there's one shot... It's actually the shot where I noticed Bruno was there. Bruno, the guy who carries Oscar's trash can around. Um, you also see some Anything Muppets, like Sesame Street style. And there's one of them who is... He seems to be standing on his chair, like swaying back and forth, or like swinging his chair back and forth. And then at the very end of that shot, it looks like he's toppling over. I had never noticed this before. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell for sure if that's what's happening on the YouTube version of this. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's what's going on. And it's very funny. And I would love to know which puppeteer that was. Like, my instinct is to wonder, of course, if it's Richard Hunt, because we just sort of think of him as being like the goofy mother performer. Right. But yeah. Perhaps, perhaps this is a nice segue into the uh, the upstaging story. Yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so there's uh, a, a story that has been told by uh, Kevin Clash, who was relatively new to the Muppets at this point, but I guess still like one of the guys who had been around on on Sesame Street a lot and stuff. Right. Well, he's. Um, I mean, he's. This is like because '85 is when he took over as Elmo. Okay. A- and and he's one of the key performers in labyrinth which would be right around the that's same true time. that's you, true you know yeah. so i mean he was he was like a major he was young but he was yeah. in those big roles already you know yeah so i anthony do you have that in front of you from the book jim henson the works i, do. I have jim henson the works it's page 66 and here's what kevin clash has to say about this in 1985 we did the muppets a celebration of 30 years We were doing a scene that involved over 200 puppets and Jim asked all the main puppeteers asked all the main puppeteers to help the hundred or so background puppeteers with their performances. Steve Whitmire and I were watching the monitor when we noticed this one little white rabbit in the background of the shot. While all the other puppets were calmly and rhythmically singing along to the pre-recorded song, this rabbit was hyperactively jumping up and down and shamelessly upstaging the other Muppets. We looked at each other in horror, and I told Steve I would talk to Wayne Moss, the floor manager, and have him instruct the rabbit's puppeteer to tone down the wild movement. When asked, Wayne gave me a puzzled look and said, Are you sure you want me to tell that puppeteer to tone down? (laughs) I said, Of course, he's staging everybody else. 
Wayne reluctantly spoke the instructions into his walkie-talkie. The puppet slowly sank behind the table as the puppeteer's head slowly rose above it. It was Jim! Dad! <laughs> it's the boss. It was, it was the boss man himself. Um, so that's so much fun. Like, he's just, like, up there playing some random rabbit puppet during this sequence. Like, Yeah, that that's rules. terrific. That, that's great. That he just grabbed a, yeah, just a, some little rabbit. And that he was having so much fun with it. I have looked for a rabbit bobbing, you know, bopping around, upstaging everyone. I haven't seen it. So I guess maybe it didn't make it to the final cut. I have you guys ever looked for it? I've never looked for it. I've seen rabbits, but but none of them are uh, none of them are jumping around, upstaging everyone. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I guess he took Kevin Clash's advice then. Um. So that's funny. Uh. Then yeah, that's pretty much it. Rainbow Connection, a ton of Muppets. We see Jim Henson himself sitting at a table off to the side, watching everything going on. Grover, the waiter, brings him his bill, which is a piece of paper that just goes on and on and on and on and it's on. It's the bill for everybody. Yes, the the bill for the whole room. I love that. Wonderful little. And did you notice too that he's uh, Jim sitting at a table with uh, the Salmon Friends characters? You can just oh, barely oh, see them, but oh, they're oh, I didn't notice. Are oh, they that's there? Great! What a delight! Ah, oh, oh, his old friends. Uh, so yeah, then, but that yeah, I also love though that that's like it's a joke to undercut. The sappiness of Rainbow Connection. They're just That's what not, they do. Not just leaving it there, yeah. And then Kermit takes the, the lectern to say, Thanks, everybody. It's been a great birthday party. We begin our second 30 years tomorrow, so rehearsal begins at 9 a.m. sharp. See you then. And here's the thing. Here's what's kind of fun. That second 30 years is over now. We knew oh, snap. We know how it went. It, it, ended yes. when, it ended when the sitcom got canceled. Um, oh, Oh, jeez. Uh, and here's the thing. It was a lot spottier than the first 30. Well, <laughs> there were more downs than ups, maybe. But, yeah, there's some, uh, there, there's some real ups. Don't get me wrong. There's, yeah. There's, there's, there's some great highs in that 30. But, uh, yeah. I was just thinking about that while, the, while watching. They're still this. around. There's still such a thing as Muppets. There's still such a thing as Muppets. They ha- as we are recording this, they have a new special premiering on Disney Plus in 10 days. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. And it's got Johnny and Sal. And there's still Johnny Sesame and Street. Sal. And there's a new Fraggle Rock coming. And there's lest we forget, a- Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies is still and there's on. there's a new That's Muppet right. Babies. Little Muppet Monsters um, is coming back. No. It's- <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. This is what I've said before about remakes. Like, everything is being remade now. I want to see more remakes of things that weren't that good the first time because there's so much more room for improvement. Like don't remake movies that everybody loved or TV shows that everybody loved. And then right. they'll, they're going to be compared to the old thing and people are going to say, eh, it wasn't as good as the first time. Well, the, remake little Muppet monsters. And there's so much room for make it good. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the one I always think of is oceans 11, which the Frank Sinatra movie is not that good. Nobody really likes it that much outside of... Uh, like, there's a sort of like nostalgic fondness for the the performers themselves. Right. Well, but no, well, it's, it's not a good film. Well, that's what I mean. It's like it's like a, it's like a title people knew because it's like, here's, here's Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack doing a heist movie. And yeah. then Steven Soderbergh very smartly said, what if I do Ocean's Eleven again, but make it good? <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it worked. I, I think that movie's terrific. Right. Tell right. you what, guys... This 
this is the exact moment that I discovered that Ocean's Eleven was a remake. Is that right? Oh. Never heard of it. No kidding, yeah. Wow. Na- na- 1960. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. The Rat Pack. Angie Dickinson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what I want to say about that uh, rehearsal begins at nine a.m. sharp uh, joke, which is a, a, a really funny joke. But uh, I, I, I want to believe that that was Jerry Jewell who wrote this special, the great Jerry Jewell. Yes, he's the only writer credited. Getting in a good-natured jab at Jim Henson. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. Th- that's what Jim Henson would do. Uh, Jerry Jewell tells a story in one of the. Uh, one of the Fraggle Rock DVDs saying that they had just wrapped production on the Muppet show in England and they were having a big rap party to celebrate and they were all going to go back home. And at the end of the party, Jim said, uh, so tomorrow I want to have a, uh, a meeting with a few of you to talk about the next show. Yeah. Being that being Fraggle Rock and, and everyone was going the next show. We, we, we haven't finished this one. Just finished. Yeah. And of course, he was already working on the Dark Crystal. Like he was, yeah, right. he he had the the biggest hit show in the world, and he was already thinking ahead to the next thing he wanted to do. So Kermit so, saying yeah. Kermit saying this was great. See you tomorrow is yeah. uh, is very very on brand. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard for some of those Muppets to wake up that early. I'm sure some of them are going to be uh, going to be a little hungover. I mean, the Scallions for sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, um, yeah, then the credits roll over Kermit singing Happy Feet from The Muppet Show. Um, I didn't notice a lot of notable uh, people in the credits. The producer was Andrew Solt. He's done a bunch of similar sort of like compilations and retrospectives, including a bunch of Ed Sullivan clip shows. Uh, The director is Peter Harris, who directed like half the episodes of The Muppet Show. And and Um, seemed to be the go-to guy for the specials. He did... He did. Yeah. He's going to do Muppet Family Christmas. He's going to do Muppets of Walt Disney World, you know? Right. Yeah. I think he did Muppets for the movies, right? Didn't he? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. There's a credit for something like Muppet Historians. That's uh, Jane Henson and Bob Payne, which is a a nice nod to them as being there from, like in Jane's case, from the beginning at Sam and Friends. And then Bob Payne joined shortly thereafter. Bob Payne is such an enigmatic figure because he was there on yeah. Sam and Friends and he made like a couple appearances as a puppeteer on Sesame Street, a couple appearances as a puppeteer on The Muppet Show, but like he was never a regular member of the cast. Yeah, it seems like they like they would just kind of call him in periodically when they needed another puppeteer to work on something and he would show up. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm surprised that they don't credit these other, you know, hundred puppeteers or however many. Right. On all those other characters in the ballroom scene. But yeah, I guess they know who they were. Um, so at the time, then CBS was doing these little read more about it bits where it would, the, uh, a, a character from a TV special or an actor from a TV special would encourage you to check out some books from the library that were related to the show you had just been watching. So Kermit tells us to uh, get some books about puppetry. So Anthony, that, you had something? Well, that wasn't on the copy that I had, that I got from a tape trade. Sure. So I'd never seen this. I didn't know it was was going to happen until today. I was watching No, neither this. did I until yesterday, so yeah. I know, I've, I know I've mentioned on the show many times that I'm a school librarian. And uh, so Kermit shows up and he's like, check out these books about puppetry at your local library. And I was just like, what? Why? How, yeah. how did I not know this until now? Like, <laughs> 
Do you have any of those books at your middle school library? I do not have either of those specific books from the 80s at my at my school library. One of them was called Learning with Puppets. I forget the other one. It was called like Puppet Craft or something. I want to say. Is, is that yeah, right? it's interesting that none of them are like there were already Muppet books and books about the Muppets by this point, but right. they're not. They didn't go for one of those. Kermit should have said, check out the the big boy pamphlet. Yeah, (laughs) the big boy comic book. Yes, but yeah, not not even like the Muppet Show book or of Muppets and Men. They just went for books about puppets. I checked out the Muppet Show book at my local library. Dozens. Um, I think I checked it out from my school library on one occasion. Um, So yeah, that is the special. It's a fun hour. Like I said, I think this would be a pretty good way to introduce somebody to the Muppets if they were already interested. but I think for people like us, it's also a, a, just a really fun way to celebrate, as the title says, to celebrate the characters and everything they've done. Any final thoughts on what's in the special um, from from you guys, Grant? Starting with you. Yeah, I want to. I want to call out some notable absences. Okay. Some notable Muppets who were not in the crowd. Um, there's some early ones. Uh, uh, well, there's some that appeared in montages but were not in the crowd. Wilkins and Wilkins, the Latroy Dragon. That's true. The yes. Land of Gorch characters. Uh, Tamanella Grinderfall is not there. Ooh, it would have been great to see her. Oh, yeah, that would have ruled. Um, interestingly enough, Elmo is not there. Huh. And he yeah. was already being played by Kevin Clash at this point. But I don't think he's yeah. there, not even in the crowd scenes. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the Sesame Snuffy's not there either, right? That's the other thing. Snuffy was the only like huge character that I could think of that wasn't there. Because... Dog, no. Oh, you're right, Thog's not there. The episode of Sesame Street in which Snuffy is revealed to the adults to be real was taped a month after this taped, Uh, but aired uh, two months before this aired. Right, sure, yeah. So Snuffy was still kind of in limbo. Well, that's like like in Follow That Bird, where Snuffy has many scenes with Big Bird and no scenes with anyone else, but they never talk about him like as a kid, I didn't know anything about imaginary snuffy thing, you know, and that movie never yeah. felt weird to me, and and it always felt like they seems like they must have decided like we know we're going to reveal him, let's just not talk about it in the movie. Right. Yeah, I only by the time I I, I was was around, uh, the, my only exposure to uh, imaginary snuffy was uh, don't eat the pictures. Oh sure, sure, yeah. right. I never saw that until older. I'm always a little surprised when I see people on the internet and it's like, it still happens a lot where a lot of people who grew up in the seventies and early eighties seem to still not realize that everyone on Sesame street can see snuffy. Now, I guess they've just never in the past 30 plus, you know, 30, whatever years, 36 happened years to now, come yeah. across 36. Yeah. Same they as- just haven't seen one in the last 36 years or snuffy is interacting with any other character, but there's a lot of people out there who who are not aware. Yeah, did you have any others, Grant? Uh, well, also that um, the, among the promotional photos for this uh, for this special, well, there's some lovely promotional photos of, of Jim surrounded by Muppets, which is really mm. nice. But there's some that are just appear to just be photos from the special itself. But one of them is of Sam the Eagle and Kermit at the podium, and no such okay. scene exists in the special. Oh so. yeah, maybe there was going to be another introduction to something that got cut. And uh, that's, I have some more notes, but none of them are about the contents of the special itself. Okay. Anthony, any other thoughts on what we actually see in the special itself? No, I think I have said everything I have to say about a celebration of 30 All years. All right. 
So we wanted to hopefully briefly talk about the commercials, which are included in the YouTube video of this special. This special, which we should say, has never been commercially released in home video or streaming. Ever. No, Muppet I mean, Wiki says there was a release in the UK, but okay. not in not the here, US. Yeah. Or and especially Canada. now, like post, I, I think it was Danny Horn who said in 2004, someone pushed the Jim Henson company off the mantle and broke it into a million pieces. <laughs> right, right. Which, you, you know, so like the. the yeah, you can't, the yeah, they can't release this commercially Rock, now. You can't put that all together now. Right. On that subject, though, like it would be easy to say, oh, you could never do this now, and you're you're right. But also, remember, uh, they did a live appearance at Carnegie Hall in 2012, hosted by John Tartaglia. Oh, right. Yeah, and they had Muppet true. Show characters, they had Sesame Street Muppets and Sesame Street Humans, uh, and they had Fraggles. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think there was some sort of, like, thing about which characters could be on stage at what, at what time, or, like, certain characters didn't appear simultaneously and they didn't interact with each other, but... Um, yeah, there's still, you know, there's always hope. At, at that, uh, New Zealand, uh, Jim Henson retrospectacle, there was, uh, that panel. I think it was Brett McKenzie, uh, talking to Kermit and Ernie. So anything's possible. But yeah, yeah fingers crossed for the future. Kermit future. and Ernie can talk to each other now. That's, right, yeah. isn't that cool? Yeah, that was wild. not possible back in the day. Yeah. Right. So, um, Yes, commercials uh, from the original broadcast. Who did advertisers think would be watching The Muppets, A Celebration of 30 Years? Well, pet owners. Uh, there are several commercials for different pet foods. Um, oh, man, also, the, the plush, what is it, Mighty Pup? Yeah, you could, you could <laughs> so call it we have Mighty Dog. Yeah, you'd get a plush Mighty Dog? Yeah, that looks really good, doesn't it? The dog, the stuffed animal? Yeah, adorable. the stuffed animal. Yeah, well, Doesn't that look like something yeah. you'd want to own? Well, in, yeah, in, the, sure. in, in the ad, they say everyone's going to want one. Yeah. They do, yeah. Uh, you, I found them on, like, they're all used, obviously, but there's one on Etsy you can buy for $15 oh. if you want to go check that out. And um, I think, I forget if this is Etsy or eBay for $19.99. So, oh, that's um, yeah, so the, the the mighty dog to elaborate a little bit is this it's in the commercial it's a real dog superhero who goes like who flies around. He has a cape and a like a superhero costume. And I guess he's just like flying around giving dogs good food, like food that's better than other brands of dog food. <laughs> so they made a plush doll of him. And he's the captain vegetable of the dog world. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's real. adorable. They also apparently thought that people who would be inclined to eat a McDonald's would be watching yeah, this. There are several commercials for McDonald's. I really enjoyed the McDonald's commercial where they just say the word caliente over and over. And then caliente, that, yes. And then explain that it means hot over. No, but they pronounce the L in the commercial. They say caliente over and over in that commercial. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it seems like that one was going for like the, the Spanish-speaking demographic. I mean, kind of except that they explain that it means hot out loud i guess that's true <laughs> yeah you know like it wasn't like a spanish language commercial it was like spanish words are novel right like i mean yeah, that's, that's what true. that's what yeah. that's what luis and maria would have done they'd have explained well it that's, that's, that's right true. it's educational yeah uh <laughs> I, I also liked the one that has like a bunch of jocks at a table there's like rhythmically slapping the table and clapping their hands and uh chanting about uh mcdonald's uh 
hot and beefy burgers. <laughs> yeah, that's the only happened. one that I clicked back and watched a second time. Yeah. Um. So this is not McDonald's, but can I tell you my favorite one from this? Yeah. Um. There was a commercial for Cool Ranch Doritos, which are yeah the new new Cool Ranch Doritos. And it's like about like a space, like a UFO bringing well, Cool Ranch Doritos, kind of. It's like some it, like it, beam of light. It seemed to me, it seems to take place like in the American Southwest. Like it shows some sort of maybe like a Pueblo dwelling, if I remember mm-hmm. right. It seemed yeah. to be like maybe Cool Ranch Doritos were created by some sort of spirit from Southwestern folklore. Yeah. Coco Pelli says, or something? Yeah, right. And then it says... Cool Ranch Doritos, nacho cheese was just the beginning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that rule it's so out. like wow, that. what what a novelty to have Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah, and then the, but it's it's funny to me that like I think it's more noteworthy because that ended up being the other main like th- those are the two main flavors of Doritos, right? Yes, they it's not, they really. It's, it's not like it's like some something that didn't last. You know, it's not like. No, they did bring back nacho flavor but like a few years ago. You can find yeah. that in some grocery stores, but it's not like what people are buying at, at convenience stores every day. Right. So so I think if that commercial was like... You no, know, sorry, you know, taco flavor. Taco, taco flavor yeah, was they the taco, old one. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if it's like, if it's like, um, if it had been like jalapeno cheddar or something, cool, you know, yeah. nacho cheese is only the beginning, it would not be as notable, but it's like, right. I'm, I'm about to blow your mind. Cool Ranch cool Doritos. Ranch. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and then Mary Lou Retton encourages us to buy Energizer batteries. Not really sure what the connection is there between. She, she uh, keeps. She's very energetic. She keeps going. She doesn't. Like, yeah, yeah. She's that's a, it. An I guess. And, gymnast. Right, and of course she was like America's favorite athlete at the time. Yeah the the Summer Olympics that she was in were just a year and a half before this. Oh yeah, yeah. She was nineteen eighty four was her Olympics. Um, I have an issue of the I don't know if I still have it, but I had an issue of the Electric Company magazine that had an article um, with Mary Lou Retton like doing a workout with a little cartoon character. <laughs> I wonder if I could find that somewhere. <laughs> Maybe it's still at my parents' house. Yeah. Uh, sadly, though, this uh, version of the the recording does not include a commercial for a cereal called Crispy Critters. But Grant, you yeah. said that your childhood copy of the tape did. It did. Uh, it had a commercial for Crispy Critters, a cereal I'd never purchased or tried. But I was obsessed with this commercial for some, for some I, reason. As a kid. As a kid, yeah. yeah, I I remember these commercials being on TV, and I loved the commercials too. I don't think I ever had the cereal, but I loved the commercials. This is the thing. Someone on Twitter was saying a while back: the reason millennials are so nostalgic is because we only own ten VHS tapes each and watch them all a million times over. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and you know, I, I didn't really own movies on tape, but I owned a lot of stuff that was taped off television and. Mm-hmm. Rewatching the commercials was an integral part of rewatching the shows. Oh, yeah, 100%. Agreed. When, when, I, when I finally bought a Claymation Christmas Celebration, finally came out on DVD, and I bought it on DVD, and we tossed out the tape, I insisted upon digitizing all the commercials, and I watched them every Christmas, <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's part of the experience. Yeah. We, we had a tape from Christmas 1987. I might have said this on the podcast before, but it was Charlie Brown Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, a Smurfs Christmas episode, 
and a, a special called A Mouse, A Mystery, and Me, featuring Donald <laughs> O'Connor as a cartoon mouse. And I've seen that. And, oh, it's great. I've seen it. I've seen it every year. Um, but all of those had the commercials. And so, like, if I'm watching a Charlie Brown Christmas, I still want to hear, uh, you know, the guy, like, skiing in his living room because he had a York peppermint patty, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, I just, like, expect it to be there. And it, and it never is anymore. This yeah. crisp, this Krispy Critters commercial, it's pretty neat. It's got these n- nice foam puppets uh, performed, as it turns out, uh, in part by Noel McNeil of Bear in the Big Blue House fame and, and Jim Krupa as well. Right. Also of Bear in the Big Blue House fame. Yes, and the uh, they're they're led by this creature called Crispy, who is it turns out Rich Little Muppet Show guest star Rich Little doing a Jimmy Durante impression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I so funny. I don't know. I was obsessed with this commercial to the point where my friends and I on the, on the playground used to act out further commercial adventures, saying, "Hi, I'm Crispy, and I'm here in the jungle to discover the new shape of Crispy Critter." Yeah, it's all out of our heads. Something right? about the sort of Slightly more abstract shape of these these animal puppets that are designed to look like uh, the like the cereal pieces is was appealing to me. I think something sort of very simple and abstract about it. And then yeah, the, this crispy character, I, I just was <laughs> a big fan of his. Yeah, he seems he seems like a fun guy. And, oh, and the the tagline is like he's he says that the cereal is indubitably good or something like that. Indubitably delicious. Yeah, there's kids in the commercials who, of course, can't pronounce the word indubitably because they're kids. It's great. You got to get to watch these kids adorably stumble over the word indubitably. Indubitably. Yeah. Indubitably. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> you, can, you can find just the Crispy Critter commercials on YouTube out there by themselves, too. If, if you don't happen to own a copy of the special that was taped off Canadian TV in the 80s. So, um, yeah. Anything else on the commercials before we wrap up? I- I, I actually have one more if there's if, oh, great. If, if if we're really okay with with still going. Yeah. Um, there was a light detective show on at the time called Crazy Like a Fox. And uh which there's an ad in this for that week's episode of Crazy Like a Fox. Well, that was about a father-son detective team and the dad was Jack Warden, former Muppet Great Muppet Caper uh star, right. Mr. Mr. Tarkanian, Jack, uh, Jack Warden, and it said Guest star. I don't remember who the first guest star was, but the second one was Belinda Montgomery on an all-new Crazy Like a Fox. Well, Belinda Montgomery is Cinderella in Hey Cinderella. Oh, right. So double double Muppet connection on that week's episode of Crazy Like a Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is how our minds work. Yep. Absolutely. Terrific. Uh, See, now I wish I'd said <laughs> that. I wish I'd said that thing before Grant had this long, heartfelt. No, I. Sorry, I should have asked if there were any questions about the commercials that were on the recording. I have, I have, I have many YouTube, questions but... about, like, uh, do you think Carnation Instant Breakfast is really healthy? It's not, right? It can't be. Um, it's just a, it's just no, a, but it's I guess it's healthier. Milk. I mean, is it healthier than not having breakfast at all? Or is it healthier than. I don't know. Just drinking coffee for breakfast. I guess so. Yeah, it probably has. I don't vit- know. Probably has vitamins and protein. It's probably definitely has protein. But uh, anyway, yes, yes. there was a commercial in this for Carnation Instant Breakfast that really made me want one. So, oh well, there's similar products now, even if that yeah. one's not available. No, that that product still exists. It's just called Carnation Breakfast Essentials. But it's as far as oh, okay. I know, it's the same thing. Basically, yeah. Go out and get one. I'll go. I'm going to the store right now. That one. That one tomorrow. All right. Um, 
Okay, is that everything we have for the Muppets, a celebration of 30 years and everything in the periphery of it? I have one final thought. Okay. Which is that I was thinking about how fun it would be to do another, if they were to do another special like this with all the new characters who have come along since uh, since this special aired. So all the characters yeah. who are in this, plus I was thinking, oh, you could also have Digit and Earl Sinclair and Bear in the Big Blue House, and Deet the Gelfling, and then I realized I was just describing the Tough Pigs Muppet Mural. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Imagine if the Great Muppet Mural was a TV special. That would be... Wow, I can't even imagine. That would be... Can you imagine... Can you imagine Deet meets Bear? Like, has there (laughs) ever been two pure souls? Yeah, I think Deet and Bear would get along really well. They'd get along really well, yeah. I wonder if she smells good. <laughs> oh, oh he, he'd be so into it. You know, everyone's like, oh, you're so dirty or whatever. Bear would be like, smells like grass. Smells, yeah. you know. Do you yeah. always smell wow. this good? Wow. Well, on that note, um, we can wrap things up for this week. Not exactly sure when the next bonus episode will be, but we do have future plans. So keep an eye on this podcast feed. Also make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all those other places. Uh, our logo is by Morgan Davy. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. And Hey, we have a Patreon that you can go to, to support us. If you like what we're doing, we would be very grateful. Um, you could, Send us a few dollars or some cool ranch Doritos. And uh, hey, if you have thoughts on this special, on this episode that you just listened to, uh, please do feel free to drop by our Facebook page, the Tough Pigs Forum, or uh, you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com to let us know what's on your mind. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. And Grant, tell us where people can find you and your work or whatever you'd like to plug on the internet. Uh, You can follow me at Abstract Grant on Twitter, TikTok, and most especially Instagram, where you can watch in real time as I attempt to finish uh, building my Big Bird-style full-body puppet before my baby is born in December. (laughs) Okay, the clock is ticking. It's a race against time that I am guaranteed to lose, but uh, let's see how... Well, I've seen little bits and pieces of things you've posted, and that puppet just looks so cool, so I hope hope you get there. Uh, Thanks, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and everyone else should check that out as well. And if you don't mind, also please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can. We do check periodically to look and see if there are any new uh, reviews. And we we are very happy when we get a new one. Um, <clears throat> and listeners, please tell all your friends about the show and join us again next time, whatever that might be, for another episode of Moving Right Along. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 9 a.m. sharp. Hello, my name is Crispy. How do you do? Crispy Critter cereal entirely new. It's indubitably. Indubitably. Delicious. Oh, here comes Crispy Critters. A good whole.
crunched. The low sugar cereal with lots of crunch. Yes, it's indubitably. 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 Delicious. Post crispy critter cereal is part of a balanced breakfast. Cha cha cha.